If you have your Bibles, please turn them to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. What a whirlwind of a week it has been. <laughs> That's for sure. I got a text on Thursday night. Well, actually, Wendy Stone, first off, she calls me, and I wasn't able to answer it right away. And... Uh, when Wendy calls you after hours, you know something is going on. <laughs> and granted, Chris Barrows is gone, and so I already figured something is going to go wrong this week. This week is the week. And so I get the phone call. I wasn't able to answer it right away. And then about two minutes later, she texts me and says, Pastor's in hospital. Call ASAP. Oh, Pastor, you always have the best timing, that's for sure. <laughs> and so right away, I was getting stuff prepared, uh, ready to go. I thought you were going to get a double dose of Thomas Sweat today, the one-two punch, Sunday morning, Sunday night. Uh, I was prepared, ready to go, had everything ready, prepared, was ready to go all solo, all by myself. And then Chris Barrows, Pastor Chris, he texted me this morning at 745 says, hey, I'll preach this morning. You can just go tonight. <laughs> Could have told me that like two days ago. I know. I know for sure. He knew Thursday night that he was coming in Sunday morning and preaching. I guarantee you he knew it for sure, without a doubt. But he wanted to put me in the pressure cooker. And we sit there, you know, stress out a little bit, get me all, uh, 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 what's going to happen? But, uh. It was good. It was good for me, but I was ready to go, and so now I'm just like, I, I'm, I'm even more ready to go tonight than I was this morning, so really ready to go. Uh, looking forward to preaching uh, this message. So if you have your Bibles, Philippians chapter 3, uh, we're going to be looking at verses 10 and 11. The title of the message is The Ultimate Goal of the Christian Life. The Ultimate Goal of the Christian Life. Life. Philippians chapter 3, verses 10 through 11 says, That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. That's going to kind of be the main text. I'm going to be going a lot of different places tonight. But uh, tonight, I want us to answer the question, what should the goal of the Christian life be? You see, after you get saved, I'm sure you've asked yourself this question, now what? I'm a Christian. I know Jesus Christ is my personal Savior. I'm going to be going to heaven one day. Now what? There has to be something more than just knowing Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And there definitely is. Jesus Christ leaves us on this earth for a reason, for a purpose. Now you ask a lot of different people. If you ask a lot of different Christians, a lot of different denominations, they would have different answers for what should be the goal of the Christian life. For some of you here tonight, you might think the goal of the Christian life is to evangelize. Uh, to give out the gospel, 
which is a great cause. We should be giving out the gospel as commanded in the Bible, going into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Yeah, that should be something that we strive for, something that we want to do to evangelize. Lots of different ways that we do that. We have the track count. Gospel Baptist Church is actively involved in getting out the gospel. Yes, evangelism is important, but I don't think that should be the main goal. It leads to that goal, but I don't think that should be the main goal. After all, there's lots of churches in the world that that literally is their one goal. That's the one thing that they want for the church is just giving out the gospel every single week, which is great. And we do that throughout our services, but how is a Christian going to grow if the only thing they hear is the Romans road every single week over and over and over and over again? There has to be growth in the Christian life. And Gospel Baptist Church is unique in a way that people who, we hear it all the time, people who have churches up north and they come back down and they say, I just seem like I grow so much more here at Gospel. Under the preaching of Pastor Lytel, under the preaching of Pastor Chris, they seem to grow a lot more in this church because we care about the Christian. We care about Christian growth. After you're saved, there needs to be Grow. So evangelism is important, but I don't believe that's the main goal for the Christian life. If you ask other people in the world, what would be their main goal for their life as a Christian? Many would people say, well, doing good works, uh, being a good person and doing good works, that should be the main goal of the Christian life. Once again, a great goal an awesome thing to strive for, doing good works, being a good person. Yes, that's great. But once again, I don't think that should be the main goal for a Christian, being a good person and doing good works. I don't think that should be the main goal. Another popular answer, I hear this in college a lot. They say, that a main goal in a Christian's life should be that man's chief end, and I'm sure some of you guys may have heard this, is man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Enjoy God, or, or obey God and enjoy him forever. Glorify him and enjoy him forever. Another great thing to do. Enjoy God, enjoy the pleasures that he gives us. To glorify him with our life. Another great thing, but I think all these things lead to the main goal in the Christian life. All those things were great. Evangelism, giving out the gospel, going to, all those things are great, but I think they all lead to the main goal that everyone in this room, all of us should be striving for, and that is holiness. The Christian life should be a life that is striving for holiness. Pretty easy, right? Holiness, just be holy. That's it. That's, that's all we ask you for. Just that one thing, just be holy. No, obviously, it's extremely hard. But the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 16, Be ye holy, for I am holy. 
really difficult passage to understand if you think about it. Because we, as humans, it's impossible on this earth to be holy. So I did a little bit of study on this verse. I looked up some different uh, commentaries and saw what men thought about this verse. And I think Albert Barnes put it really well in his commentary. Albert Barnes says this about 1 Peter 1, verse 16. He says, This command was addressed first to the Israelites, but is equally appropriately addressed to Christians today, people who profess to know Jesus Christ. The foundation of the command is that they have, prof- or have professed to be his people and that, his, and that being his people, they ought to be like their God. We ought to be like God. It is a great truth that people everywhere will imitate the God whom they worship. People in this world, if they worship a God, whoever it is, hopefully they will imitate their life after that God. They will form their character in accordance with his. They will regard that which he does as right. They will attempt to rise no higher in virtue than the God whom they adore, and they will practice freely what is supposed to be or to do or to approve. Hence, by knowing that are the characteristics of gods, which are worshiped by any people, we may form a correct estimate of the character of the people themselves. And hence, as the God who is the object of a Christian's worship is perfect holiness, the character of his worshipers should also be holy. The character of those who worship God should be holy. That is what we should all be striving for in this room tonight, striving for holiness, striving to be holy. And that's what I'm gonna be talking about here tonight. What are some practical steps that we can take in our Christian life to be holy? This is by no means an exhaustive list. This isn't everything that we should be doing in the Christian life, but these are just a few short things that I'm gonna have for us tonight. Ways in which we can be more Christ-like, ways in which we can become holy as Jesus Christ is holy. Well, first off, we're going to start off with the base foundation, the foundation of everything, is you must know God personally. You must have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm not just saying you have to have a knowledge of a few characteristics about him. I mean, Jesus Christ, he is the most popular figure in the history of the world. He's one person's name that pretty much anybody on any continent you can go to and they know who Jesus Christ is. Extremely popular. Lots of people have a knowledge, have a head knowledge of him, but they don't have a personal relationship with him. The other day I looked up some of the most popular uh, people in the world, people that other people would know. Lots of them, obviously, you have a lot of actors out there, lots of sports figures, lots of CEOs. You have a lot of those people. And I was thinking to myself, okay, so let's just say tomorrow I see Michael Jordan. I'm at Walmart. Why would Michael Jordan be at Walmart? I have no clue. 
but I know I'm at Walmart. So I just see Michael Jordan at Walmart, and he's shopping there. And obviously, the man has bodyguards all around him. I mean, he's surrounded by bodyguards. This is Michael Jordan worth $10 gazillion. He's worth a ton of money. He has bodyguards all around him. But you know what? I know Michael Jordan. I know him. So I can just walk right up to him, be buddy-buddy with him, right? Yeah, no. There is no way. But I know who he is. It doesn't quite work that way. I might know who he is, but I guarantee you he has no idea who I am. His security guards are going to put me on the ground real quick. Like, real quick, they're going to put me on the ground. Because I have a head knowledge of him, but I don't know him personally. I don't have that relationship with him that I can just go up to him and talk to him like a buddy, like a friend, like a pal. I don't have that relationship with him. And there's lots of people in the world, yes, they know of Jesus Christ, but they don't have a personal relationship with him. The first step to holiness is you must know Jesus Christ and he must know you. And so it's... A simple way of doing that is just going through the Romans road. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You have to know that you're a sinner. You've done wrong. You've transgressed God's law. That's the first step. You must understand that you are a sinner. Granted, I had this ready for the Sunday morning sermon, lots more unsafe people, but I never want to take for granted of simply even giving out the gospel. I was reading a book the other day it was one of the Bill Rice's, I don't know if it was the third, second, fourth, which one it was, one of the Bill Rice's, and he was giving a story when he was about 12, 13 years old, and his dad was preaching a message, and everybody thought that he was saved. Granted, yes, he's Bill Rice's son. They all thought he was saved, and then he said, my dad gave the gospel, and that one night was the night when it clicked. I really got it. So there's nothing wrong with giving out uh, the gospel, whatever service you're in. So Romans 3.23, you must first understand that you are a sinner. And because of that sin, there's a wage. There's a payment for that sin. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. We all deserve death. Thankfully, the verse doesn't end there. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. God sending his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. And all we have to do is simply believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and we can be saved. That's the first step. You must know God and he must know you. The first step to holiness, the first step to being like Christ. So after that, If you're in this room here tonight, you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. What's another step that you can take towards holiness? I think the next step would be to study the character of God. Or to study the character of God. Get to know him on a deeper level. J. Vernon McGee uh, says this about Philippians 3 verse 10 where it says that I may know him. He says, Paul, at the end of his life, still had an ambition to know Christ. Paul, the apostle Paul, towards the end of his life, still had an ambition to know more about Jesus Christ. If the apostle Paul had an ambition to know more about Jesus Christ, how much more 
Should I have an ambition to know more about him? He goes on to say this, today some saints give me the impression that they have complete knowledge and that they only need to polish off their halo every morning and are ready to take it off at any moment. It's true. Sometimes we get caught up in that. I know it all. It's all I need to know. I'm good. We take off that halo and we polish it a little bit. But in reality, the apostle Paul, his whole entire life, he's striving to know more about Jesus Christ. He wanted to know more about him. So study the character of God. As you read your Bible, study those characteristics that you see in Jesus Christ's life. It's revealed all throughout his word. In fact, the best way to know him is because Jesus Christ shows himself through his word. John chapter one, verse one. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The word is God. No better way to know God than to read his word because his word is himself. There's nothing in the Bible that's trying to hide who God was. God's word, this isn't a cover-up story for who Jesus really was, for who God really was. You read some of these autobiographies of these people, and later on they'll come out, man, that was false, that was phony, that was, none of that ever happened. But you know what? We can trust that everything that is in God's word, it isn't a cover-up, it isn't a facade. God is his word. The best way to know Jesus Christ is to know his Word. There is no faking it till you make it with God. There is no faking it till he makes it with God because his word is truth. I remember there was a time in college, it was my sophomore year, I believe it was. It was my sophomore year. And I had to do a lot of speech classes in school. Lots of fun, depending on the teacher. I don't know, it depends. <laughs> a lot of fun, these speech classes. And so, it was my second year speech class, and one of the assignments was that you had to do a monologue. And in typical fashion, I didn't really pick my monologue. I got there that day, forgot, forgot, forgot that the monologue was due that day, so I had to pick a random one. I randomly picked out probably the absolute worst monologue that I could have ever picked. So I picked out a monologue of Winnie the Pooh. No joke, it was Winnie the Pooh, and I had to act out like every single actor in there. So I had to act like Winnie the Pooh, big old fat jolly. Then I act like, you're always down. Oh, I hate life. And so I had to do all those. And so it was the night before the speech was due. And I never even looked at it. <laughs> it was the night before the speech was due. Didn't look at it. And so I get into class, and I knew in speech class, you can totally fake it till you make it. The speech was supposed to be memorized, but I was like, you know what, I'll just fake it till I make it. So I go into that classroom, only looking over that speech like three, four, five times. I knew the general gist, the outline of it. So I go in the classroom, and I know that the teacher, teacher doesn't look down at her paper at all until you stop. 
As soon as you stop, she looks down and she's like, yeah, you didn't memorize the speech at all, did you? So I said, okay, I'm just gonna go in there. I'm gonna be real confident of what I'm saying, what I'm doing. As long as I don't stop, she's not gonna say anything. So I go in there, I perform the speech. I get, I think the highest grade in the class, the second highest grade in the class. It was great, it was awesome. I faked it till I made it. At least I faked out the teacher. So I get done with class and one of my, one of my friends in the classroom, he said, dude, you did not study that speech at all, did you? I was like, no, <laughs> no, I didn't. You know what, that day I was able to fake it till I make it. But you know what, God doesn't fake himself. His word is who he is. You can trust it and you can believe it. So as humans, yes, we can fake it till we make it, but Jesus Christ, his word is himself. So as we study the Bible, we're studying God, his character, who he is and what he has revealed to us and what he wants us to know about him. So not only should we learn about his character, but we should strive to emulate it. We should want to be who Jesus Christ and who God is. Great place to start would be study the life of Christ found in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Study Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Look and see how Jesus lived his life throughout his earthly ministries. Through those three years of his earthly ministries, look and see how he lived his life. What did he do? What is his characteristics that he showed his disciples? Put yourself in the shoes of the disciples. Put yourself, be the 13th disciple there with Jesus. Be the 13th disciple. Ask yourself questions. Ask yourself questions like, okay, why did he go there? Why did he go to that city? Why did he go to that town? What was his purpose in going there? What did he do? What was his whole reason for coming to this earth? What did he do? Why did he do it? Why would he heal that man? That was a wicked, awful sinner. Why would he do that? Ask yourself some questions. What did he say? Why did he say it? To whom was he speaking? Why was he speaking to them? Ask yourself questions and then find the answers. See, many times we ask these questions and then we say, oh, I guess that's it. We don't, we don't look for the answers. Ask yourself the questions, but then look for the answers. Jesus Christ isn't trying to hide himself and who he is. He wants us to know him and he wants us to emulate his life. Be holy for I am holy. So as you read your Bible, study his character, study who he is. That would be a great step toward personal holiness. So studying the character of God. Number three would be attentiveness during preaching. Being attentive during the preaching of God's word. Faithfully attending a church is extremely important in the Christian life. Hearing consistently the preaching of God's word is important for spiritual growth. And thankfully, we have an amazing church. We have some phenomenal people in this room that I have learned a ton from. 
I mean, even in Sunday school lessons when I was a kid here, and then also we have the bus meeting that we have, and Sunday school teachers meeting. We just had the Bible everywhere, all throughout this church. We're going to hear some great preaching. I know this morning you're able to hear Brother Miller, and then especially recently we've been having Brother Todd Whiff and Pastor Chris preaching. We've been hearing a lot of different men speak and preach, and it's really been a really big blessing to hear just a lot of people preach the Bible, preach God's word. You can never go wrong. But you know what? If you're not attempted during the preaching, then what's the point? I mean, it's literally pointless if you're not attentive, if you're not listening, if you're not coming, wanting to get something from God's word. I could be accused of this more than anyone else. I don't know how many times that I've come to church, I've come to a meeting, and it's just been routine. Sunday morning, okay, got to go to church. Sunday night, church again. Wednesday night, all right, we got prayer meeting. And you come here, and you sit there, and you're not really expecting much because you're just kind of in the routine. You're kind of in the rut of just coming to church, listening, maybe falling asleep every once in a while, (laughs) and then going on with your life. Not really coming, seeking, wanting, begging the Lord, give me something from your word tonight. The Bible makes it extremely clear that it's important for the Christian life to hear preaching. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. There's power of God in the preaching of his word. Titus chapter 1 verse 1 and 3 also says, Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging the truth, which is after godliness and hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began, but hath times and do manifest his word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God, our savior. So really we're only hurting ourselves when we're not attentive during the preaching. You're only hurting yourself when we're not attentive during the preaching. I remember another night at college, I believe it was a Sunday evening service. I was there a couple minutes before time, and so they put me up up in the balcony. And so I was up there in the balcony. I think I was like off to myself for whatever reason. I don't know, I probably smelled bad that day. I don't know, maybe I didn't shower. So I was like off to myself. I was off to myself over in the corner, and um, I was really tired. And I'll be honest, I completely just fell asleep. I was passed out, knocked out. And it wasn't, usually at college, you get pretty good at learning how to, okay, it's fine, good to admit. But you get really good at learning how to like fall asleep like during class, but not being too obvious. This time I was totally obviously asleep. I was like (laughs) face down, mouth opened. And I wake up about 30 minutes later, I hear the, the invitation song going on. I wake up and I have this just massive pool of drool just right down on my shirt. It was nasty. It was disgusting. 
the worst part is that I still had like slobber coming down from my mouth to, <laughs> to my shirt. It was awful, super embarrassing. And so I wake up and I, you know, that day I, I like buttoned up my <laughs> buttoned up my my suit coat, made sure nobody saw. I was just extremely embarrassed. Needless to say, I got absolutely nothing from that message. Why? Because I wasn't attentive. I didn't feel like it was important enough to stay awake to listen to the message. So we're gonna be attentive when God's word is open. When you attend church. Don't casually listen. Be active in your listening. Do whatever it takes to keep you awake. Do whatever it takes to keep you actively involved. It might be taking notes. For last week, during or a couple weeks ago during camp, I gave all the teenagers a piece of gum to keep them awake. Stay awake, stay awake, stay awake. One kid said, I don't think I would have ever stayed awake if you didn't give us that stick of gum. Do whatever you got to do to stay attentive. Be attentive when God's word is I guarantee you it'll help you on your way to holiness. Number four is die to self. You have to die to self. Philippians chapter one, verse 20 through 21 says this, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ be magnified in my body, whether it be in life or by death, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. We must be constantly dying to self. Our own desires, our own wants, and this is a daily thing. I die Daily, the Bible says, die daily to yourselves, to your wants, to your desires, and say, okay, Lord, what do you want for my life? What is it that I need to be doing today that honors you, that brings glory to you? You know, life that's constantly dying to self. John chapter 12, verse 24 through 26 Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Pastor Jerry Rice said this about that verse. I thought it was extremely uh, important. Pastor Jerry Ross says this about that verse, in dying to self and living for Christ, a life is given, it is but a seed. The selfish Christian clutches it and refuses to lose it, refuses to sow it. At the end of his life, he has his seed. Others dare let it fall into the ground and dare to watch it die. They do this by faith, believing that a life sown for God will produce more than a life that is selfishly clutched and hoarded. From death springs life and fruit and more seed to be sown. 
This man at the end of his life possesses a grain full of blessings, the miracle of a life lost in Christ and found again. Daily dying to yourselves, saying, Lord, you know what? I give you my life. I give you all that I have. And I give it, and I'm going to sow and give and give and give because, Lord, I know that one day you're going to be with your word as I sow, as I give it out, as I give out the gospel, Lord, there's going to be other people that grow and other people come to know you through a work that you did in me, Lord, help me not to take my life and clutch it and for myself and keep it to myself. Lord, help me sow and give, die to self, lose that seed, and see what the Lord can do with that life. You can do some great things. So daily dying to self. And number five, have the mind of Christ. On your way to holiness, we need to make sure that we have the mind of Christ. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 12. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him a form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. Wow, what an amazing thing. God, Jesus Christ, the God of the universe came down and became just like you and became just like me. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, which he definitely did coming down to earth and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. One of the worst ways that a human being could die, the death of a cross is why he came down, to die that death on that cross. Wherefore, God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of things in the earth and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. What a sacrifice that Jesus Christ did for us. Setting the example for us, having the mind of Christ, realizing that this life isn't about us. This life should be a life of being a servant. Coming down, giving up everything that we have for him, for a higher call, for a higher cause than anything we could ever do. And realize that having the mind of Christ is really having a mind that's pretty much in contrast to anything that this world teaches. I mean, that's what Pastor Chris was talking about this morning. The way that a Christian should live should be in stark contrast to the way that the world is living. And so having the mind of Christ is having a mind that thinks exactly like he thinks. Not thinking the way the world thinks, but Lord, give me your mind. How would you handle this situation? So if you want to pursue Christ in personal holiness, first off, you must know God personally. 
know him on a personal level. You must have a personal relationship with him. After that, you can study the character of God. Find out who he really is. And not only know who he is, but strive to emulate or follow those characteristics and add them to your life. Number three, be attentive to preaching. There's power in the preaching of God's word. Be attentive. Listen when it is preached as you pursue holiness. Number four, die to self. Every single day, die to your wants, die to your desires, and live through Jesus Christ. And number five, have the mind of Christ. Have a mind that thinks like he thinks. I'm going to end off with this. One author once said, to be like Jesus is the ultimate goal. Which it really is. To be like Jesus is the ultimate goal. Years ago, I read a simple quote that I will never forget. Some goals are so worthy that it is even glorious to fail. For years, I have pursued this elusive and glorious goal. I have failed thousands of time in a thousand different ways. At times, I have been tempted to lower the bar, to adjust my dream to something more easily attainable, which many times we do. Holiness is here, and we say, I just want to be good enough. Not lowering the bar, but raising the bar. When I have yielded to this temptation, my fleshly ego has been appeased, but my spirit eventually begins to cry out in utter disgust. What satisfaction is there in obtaining a counterfeit? So again, I would raise the standard, and again, I would begin to fail. But in the process, at times, I would find myself at heights that I would have never been experienced if I would have tried to reach for anything less. To strive for perfection and to fail is infinitely more glorious than to spend my lifetime living a lie and pretending to be content. Striving for Christ's likeness will teach you patience. Patience with yourself and hopefully patience with others. Christ's likeness is a marathon, not a sprint. We must learn to run with patience the race that is set before us. Along the way, there will be victories and setbacks, striving and yes, failing, but hopefully there is never surrender. Never lower the bar. Always strive for holiness. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for the opportunity you've given me to preach your word tonight. It was a, a subject that's important for every Christian in this room. And as that last author said, it's so easy to lower the bar to say, well, I'm, I'm good enough of a Christian, Lord, but the bar is you. You've said it. Perfection, holiness. Lord, help us to strive for nothing less than to be holy. Lord, help us to be holy as you are holy, as we read your word, as we listen to preaching, as we're 
out and about in our neighborhoods, Lord, help us to strive for holiness. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.